0: From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Today on the show, the blowback from the WTF Kid Glove moments of Congress on Sam Bankman Freed is starting to heat up. Let's talk about that today on the Decrypt Daily. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, December 5th, 2022. Let's get straight into those crypto prices. We have a lot of things to go over today. By the way, I hope everybody had a great weekend. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. It is 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Crypto isn't looking that bad. I mean relatively we have bitcoin sitting at $17,234 up 1.65% in 24 or 6.5 and 7 ethereum is up 10% in 7 sitting at $1,287 it's up 2.7% in 24 tellers number 3 binance is number 4 at 293 up 1.6% and usdc is number 5 rounding off the top 10 we have busd xrp dogecoin Which is at 10.4 cents, Cardano, and Matic. Total market cap, we're at 865.4 billion. That's up around 10 billion from when we were talking about it last time. We're at a BTC dominance rising up to 38.3 and an F dominance of 18.2. Moving into our headlines today, the news today is a lot of resolve or actually forward motion and a lot of headlines from the past. For example, this one. Liquidators for the collapsed crypto hedge fund Three Arrows Capital said today that they seized $35.6 million in cash held by Singapore banks. They also managed to recover a couple million dollars more from token sales. And they want to sell their $30 million yacht. And the yacht's name is much wow. Uh, If you guys haven't seen pictures of this super yacht, it just makes you go, what the hell? How do you? Anyway, never mind. Never mind. It's not time for opinions yet, Matt. Liquidators also said that they recovered $2.8 million in forced redemptions and investments, as well as an unspecified amount of 60 different cryptocurrency tokens and NFTs. So basically, they are liquidating everything. That's what liquidators do. We have more layoffs. We have Bybit and SwiftX. They're the latest victims of the spreading crypto contagion, with both firms announcing job cuts in the wake of FTX collapse. Bybit CEO Ben Joe said, Difficult decision made today, but tough times demand tough decisions. We have just announced plans to reduce our workforce as part of an ongoing reorganization of the business as we move to refocus our efforts for the deepening bear market. The planned layoffs will be across the board affecting 30% of the company's staff. He added, It's important to ensure Bybit has the right structure and resources in place to navigate the market slowdown and is nimble enough to seize many opportunities ahead. Bybit is a Dubai-based company with a 24-hour trading volume of $310 million. It's ranked in the top 20 largest crypto exchanges. SwiftX also announced that they're going to be parting ways with as many as 90 team members or 35% of the company's workforce. This is the second round of layoffs this year, with 74 people leaving the company in August. Mike Novogratz says Galaxy Digital won the bid to acquire GK8, a self-custody crypto firm. GK8 was first acquired by Celsius in November of 2021 for $115 million. After Celsius filed for bankruptcy, the self-custody firm was put up for auction. A representative of Galaxy Digital told Decrypt, the purchase price we agreed on was materially less than what GK8 was previously purchased for. Mike Novogratz said, "Adding GKA to our prime offering at this pivotal moment for our industry also highlights our continued willingness to take advantage of strategic opportunities to grow Galaxy in a sustainable manner." The crypto broker Genesis and its parent company, Digital Currency Group or DCG, owe users of Gemini earn nine hundred million dollars. Gemini used Genesis as its primary lending partner for its high-yield EARN service, which allowed customers to deposit their cryptocurrency in the exchange for interest. They were offering returns between 0.45% and 8%, and that depended on which token you deposited. The Gemini EARN service has experienced severe disruption since the FTX contagion began last month, and on November 16th, Gemini EARN told users that it will be pausing withdrawals. They have yet to say anything or provide any clarity on when they are expected to reopen. DCG, which also owns prominent crypto-focused investment house Grayscale Capital, owes Genesis $1.7 billion out of its total outstanding debts of $2 billion. I put a link in the show notes of a YouTube video of Mark Yusko. And you need to hear this because he starts talking about the doom and gloom of the further contagion. And one thing he really mentioned was GBTC or Grayscale Bitcoin's trust having to liquidate because of their discounts. And he said that if this happens, which is quite possible, that we're going to see lows that we never saw before. And Barry Silver right now is looking to raise capital. But is he being successful? I'm not too sure. And it looks as though that there's a lot of money being lent out and loaned out between a lot of different uh, subsidiaries or partners or other companies that seems to have holes all over this industry like Swiss cheese. So I would listen to that interview and really get a grasp on the further contagion and the possible risks in the near term. Timex and the Bored Ape Yacht Club community will bring a release of 500 timepieces that will display the owner's ape or mutant ape prominently on its watch face. Those who buy the watch will be able to customize it with a choice of case, strap, and selected etchings. Basically, if you have an ape or a mutant ape, you can give it to Timex and they'll make a watch out of it for you. The sale of the Timex Forge Pass NFTs began today, which will be minted for 2F or around $2,500. Around mid-December, Forge Pass owners will be able to design their own watch on Timex's website. Each physical watch will be accompanied with an identical digital version as an NFT. They're expected to begin shipping around second quarter of 2023. And I think this is a great idea. I think it's great that companies are coming out with uh, ways and avenues for you to use or Put your Bored Ape or Mutant Ape on different things, NFTs on different things. And so I, I think this is a great idea. The only thing I would say is I, I don't know about the brand synergy between Timex and Bored Ape Club. Because, well, Timex isn't the most luxurious watch brand. And so will Bored Ape owners want to rock a Timex with their ape on it? I bet that they're going to sell 500. I don't think that's going to be a problem. But is it really the best brand synergy? What do you think? Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. MetaMask co-founder and ex-Apple employee Dan Finlay said he's all in favor of the crypto industry ditching Apple's App Store altogether, calling Apple's 30% in-app purchase tax an abuse of monopoly. As you guys remember, on Thursday, Coinbase Wallet said that its users would no longer be able to trade transfer NFTs through the iOS app, arguing that even if it wanted to comply with the Apple tax, it would not be able to due to Apple not being integrated with blockchains like Ethereum. This statement from the co-founder makes it unclear what it means for current users of the MetaMask iOS app. In email comments to Decrypt, Finley said, As of now, MetaMask remains on the App Store, but will closely monitor the situation in the coming weeks, months, to ensure our users continue to have unfettered access to their crypto assets. He also elaborated in some tweets on how he feels about Apple's new policies. He said, We are disappointed to see that the news that the App Store is becoming strict gatekeepers, was is not just obstructing growth, but it's also an avenue of censorship. We believe, as a community, we should be able to come together to find a workable solution. So to that end, users can continue to have the freedom to transact and technology can flourish. So really quick, I just got to give my two cents on this. I know that these are two completely different instances, but you can see how they're acting when it comes to a company using company policies to hurt their pocketbooks for the most part. But when it comes to being altruistic and doing the right thing, It seems as though companies just don't really care. And I'm saying that when it comes to collecting your data, right? We just found out the new privacy policies from MetaMask and that they collect your Ethereum wallet and your IP address every time you make a transaction. And this is their default policy unless you opt out. And so what this does, if you're just a novice user or just a casual user and you don't use VPNs or you don't have any kind of network set up, this basically just doxes every user, your ID, your address, everything to your Ethereum wallet address by going on and buying an NFT. And so it's like, you're trying to take the moral high ground with this, saying, they oh, what's good for the system? What's good for the customer experience? What's good for the ecosystem? What's good for tech? But at the same time, you engage openly in practices that are kind of anti-crypto and give people a horrible taste in their mouth because of abuse of data and the collection of data and the inability of the average person just to use something And to trust the company with their data. And continuing with the clown show that is the PR roadshow that is SBF and FTX and Congress's reply to all of that. As you remember, Maxine Waters, who is serving California's 43rd district in Congress and is the chairwoman of the House Financial Service Committee, she tweeted this last week. As we remember at SBF, we appreciate you've been candid in your discussions about what happened at FTX. Your willingness to talk to the public will help the company's customers, investors, and others. To that end, we will welcome your participation in our hearing on the 13th. Around 26 minutes after that, I came on the show and gave you my two cents on that my two cents obviously was what the hell it was all that if it was anybody if i just stole a candy bar out of a store i've been arrested put in jail have to pay bail if i can't pay bail i would have been sitting in jail until my hearing brought out in an orange jumpsuit with two probably bailiffs and nobody was going to welcome me to the courtroom they would force me to be there and i would probably go to jail for a month for stealing a damn candy bar and for some reason this dude is out there giving a pr tour and nobody's, everybody's just softballing him. Everybody's just like, oh, this poor guy. What the actual F is going on? And the congresswoman, the chair of the House Financial Service Committee, is literally just saying thank you and please, and you're so candid, and you're such a good guy. And then he says this back. This is the thing that just totally I don't understand. What the hell is going on? He tweets, at Rep Waters and the House Committee on Financial Services. Once I have finished learning and reviewing what happened, I would feel like it was my duty to appear before the committee and explain. I'm not sure that would happen by the 13th, but when it does, (laughs) I will testify. So wait, he just said, I'm sorry, but I don't think I'm going to come. I'm not sure I can actually get everything done by the 13th, so you're on my schedule. I know that I should be there, and I will be there. But I'll let you know when I'm going to come. I'm sorry, excuse me? Excuse me? I'm not the only person that feels this way. I know you do too, but so does the chief legal officer at Coinbase, because he tweeted, Our elected representatives exercise great restraint in communicating their expectations, and still, this fraudster insults their authority. What a disgrace. Library tweets, Hey, Maxine Waters. We'd like to be treated as nicely by the government, the same way criminals like SBF are. Can you let us know how much to write a check for and where to send it? Feel free to DM if you want to keep this private. If you guys know and you remember, Library got sued by the SEC and they're probably looking at fines of $20 million that's going to kill their company. Jake Trevinsky tweeted this. Rep Waters, we appreciate that you're holding a hearing on the 13th, and we look forward to substantive fact-finding about what happened at FTX. I am certain that fact-finding will show that SBF has not, in fact, been candid in his discussions. He committed fraud full stop. John D. Eaton tweeted. Although it's speculation for now, makes perfect sense. It also corroborates that SBF apology tour is intended to control the narrative, admit criminal negligence, and deny specific intent at all costs. He's trying to minimize prison time, nothing else. And Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase, said, I don't care how messy your accounting is or how rich you are. You're definitely going to notice if you're fine an extra $8 billion to spend. Even the most gullible person should not believe Sam's claim that this was an accounting error. What the hell is going on? Why isn't he arrested? Oh, and by the way, we just spotted, they just spotted, somebody just spotted, Caroline Ellison, the CEO of Alameda Research, buying coffee at a coffee shop in New York City. Six-minute walk from an FBI field office. And so people are saying, oh, maybe she's collaborating with the FBI. Nobody has verified that statement. But what are you doing? You're walking around buying coffee at, at a coffee shop when you just stole billions of people's money? If this isn't making you mad, if this is just not making you distrust just about everybody, I don't know what else will. I want your opinions. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. And finally, what I want you to read today. It's very straightforward. How to move Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies into self-custody. Link is in the show notes. Not your keys. Not your cheese. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. I'll be back tomorrow. Same Matt time, same Matt channel. Until then, happy hodling, everyone.